see smoke. It must be fire, must be coming from that Holy Ghost fire. I see smoke, I can't deny, it must be coming from that Holy Ghost fire. I see smoke, I can't deny, it must be coming from that Holy Ghost fire. I see smoke, I can't deny, it must be coming from that Holy Ghost fire. I see smoke, I can't deny, it must be coming from that Holy Ghost fire. What are you saying? There's fire going on, right? That's what this is all about, right? This is fire. That's what Ignite is all about. Fire. You can't, if you are if in here and you still like the frozen chosen, something's wrong. Your wood is wet. It's impossible. You want to know why? Because God's been too good. Man, if y'all if y'all have been able to come, I know everybody could come yesterday, but if y'all would have came to that prayer on-site meeting that we had yesterday with the those pastors for our doing this 31 days of prayer and fasting, yeah. Try to be still in that. Can I get a witness up in there? Could you be still in that? It was off the chain. Man, it was It was off the chain. And I'm telling you, people, I mean, you know, what nobody just like, no, I didn't know that. You want to know why? Because God's been so good and doing this, doing our three uh, uh, prayer orders that we have, one at midnight, one at 6 a.m., and one at 12 noon. It just builds and builds and builds and builds. And then on Saturday, we just get let it out. You just got to let it out. You got ever seen that movie? It was one. You just got to let it out. You just got to let it out. So you guys just got to let it out. And I'm going to tell you why you got to let it out. Because if you're going to be effective, if you're going to be effective in your neighborhood, if you're going to be effective in your city, if you're going to be effective in this nation, if you're going to be effective, you cannot be stiff. It's impossible. Well, that's just my personality. That's just the way God made me. Well, I knew you was gonna say that this morning and God told me I got one for you. Remember the apostle Paul? Anybody remember the apostle Paul? Before he was Paul, he was Saul. And he was stiff and he was rigid and he was just, he was legalistic. And if you went against the law, then you had to die. Remember that whole deal? It's not, okay. Remember that whole deal? Well, the issue with that was this. The issue with that is this. This is, yeah. The issue with that is this. When he had an encounter with Jesus on the Damascus Road. Anybody remember that? He was riding. He was on his way. He thought he, what he was doing was right. He was on his way. He was on his way. He was on his way. And suddenly, there was a light that shone. And suddenly, The light He didn't say God knocked him off his donkey. He fell off his donkey under the, in the presence of God. Guess what He had an encounter. And Jesus asked him this question. Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? 
Now, was he physically persecuting Jesus? The man? No. He was persecuting his church, though. And he says, if you've done it unto the least of these, you've done it unto me. And what happened? Paul said, Lord. What did he, what did he call him? Lord, which means supreme in authority, supreme in character. And at that moment, he went through a transformer. And then what happened? He spent the next years studying the word of God, getting to know the very Lord he, he, he talked about. And guess what happened in that? It changed his person. It changed how he was. He became more effective. Because he was able, in fact, God set him up that he was going to go to the very people he was persecuting. He was called to minister to the very people he was persecuting. Are y'all hearing that part? He was called to the very people he was persecuting. He was persecuting the, the persecuting the Hebrews. Guess who he's called to? The Gentiles. Guess who he was sent to? The Gentiles. Do you think he was able to go in his legalistic stiff? This is the only way I do it. No. Paul said, I became many things to many people that I might win a few. So if God can do that with Paul, why can't he do it here? That we're called to reach if you're, if you're just going to stay in a box. God was, he said, he pushed the box. What will happen is, he says, I can only use you here. You will cut off what it is he wants to do in your life. Even though he has great things in store for you. If you are saying, I can only do it with these people. And I can only do it this way. Because that's my personality. God will say, okay, I'll tell you what, baby. I'll use you right where you are. Just, 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 you just take those, those little few. But what I had, thousands for you. But if you don't shift, God won't make you. The devil can't. God won't. He won't make you do anything. He won't make you do anything. So, when you see us go, I got to loosen up. Because I guarantee you, before you got saved and your jam came on, I know, I know, I know none of y'all, because y'all been saved all your little life. But before I got saved, if my jam came on, I wasn't like, Mm, yeah. I mean, we was all in. I mean, we was doing stuff that's probably illegal to do. Glory to God. So if I was sold out to serve the devil, why would I be any less sold out? Father, here am I. Send me. Use me. However you want to use me. And God will use you. Oh, that's good. Say, Father, today, I'm asking you, give me an opportunity. To minister Jesus to someone in my community, in the grocery store, in my house, in my neighborhood. I receive the opportunity. Can I tell you what? He gonna do it. But you can't come with a preconceived plan on how you gonna get it done. You gotta listen to the Holy Spirit. Prime example: the other day, my neighbor, who has been open to sharing the gospel with him. Hey, man, how you doing? How's your wife doing? How's the kids doing? How's the dogs doing? Praise God. 
And then I was able to share the Good Friday service with uh, Mary. And then the other day I'm walking the dog. Hey man, how you doing? Man, doing great. Man, everything's going. Hey man, how's the church going? Everything's great. And I'll start sharing about covenant. What's the difference between the New Testament and Old Testament? Which simply means that word testament means covenant. And, I, and the way we shared it was, hey, man, it's kind of like with you about your car, but this guy over here has a, has a different car, so I have a different set of agreements with him. That's old covenant, new covenant. Same. It's still covenant. It just were two totally different people. He was like, oh, my God. Something that simple. Did I try to convert him? Discipling him. Making a student out of him. Just every time I speak to him, do I drop bombs of word on him? Mm -mm. How you doing? How's your family doing? What's the goal? Make a disciple, a convert. Now he knows he knows about my Jesus. He's open. You know what's that, what's that thing? Is it on a Hindu? Is it Hindu? Is a Hindu? They got a Hindu statue on their porch. I just stay focused. That don't have any has any bearing on. Sharing the gospel with you. And it should have a see people what you're for. In love. They are as soon as you go attack them, they've already got yourself. Are talking to that car, are talking to that door, or that brick wall, because they will not receive from you. Are y'all ready this morning? Recorded on on uh, it's being recorded, so we can post it back in. It's, it's our new intro. Uh there's a lot more to that. I'll tell you about that later on, but there's a lot more to that in Jesus. This is second Sunday. We about to get blessed. We about to be blessed. You good? We about to be blessed in the name of Jesus. I'm gonna step aside, and Sister Rita's gonna bring that fire, and then I'll be right back. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. You're a good God. Thank you for your faithfulness to us. Thank you that you have chosen us to be your vessels, Father God. Father God, just pray. Lord, I, I ask for forgiveness for where, where I've missed it. I just count on you to give me strength, Father God, because without you, I nothing. You are a good, good father. And Lord God, I stand on behalf of all the women in this area of Papua and the nation of Canada. Father God, I lift up women who are hurting, Lord God. I, I pray for all the widows in, in these areas, Father God. I pray that you would be, I, I thank you that you have promised in your word that you would be a husband to them, Father God. May they truly experience your husbandry. Lord God, they, can they, I just pray that you would, would just surround them with your love, Father God, that you would be their, their leader. And Lord God, I lift up those women that have, uh, that struggle with addictions, Lord God. There are so many women that are struggling, Lord God, at this time. And I just pray that you would, uh, that they would experience the freedom in Jesus Christ and that their chains would be broken off 
in the name of Jesus. Father God, I lift up uh, all the uh, women that are called into ministry, Lord God, that are, are afraid to step unworthy, Lord God, that you are the one that give us gives us strength to move on and press on and do the great calling that you've called us to in the in the nation in this area, Lord God, in Canada, Father God, I pray that you would uh, empower, Lord God, and and places of education and so forth to. Uh, Father God, I pray for writers that they would stand up and come forward, and, and Lord, that you would that they would rewrite the the books, the textbooks in in the education system, Lord God, and that they would bring truth to the next generations, Lord God, that they would know the truth and that they would they would experience the freedom in that truth, Lord God. Father God, and I pray for the orphans, Lord God, the fatherless. You are a father to the fatherless. I lift them up to you, Lord God. Father God, bring forth laborers, Lord God, and I come against the spirit of Jezebel that would seek to to destroy any anything in in the uh, Lord God the there's the spirit of Jezebel coming against the men in our in our nation, Lord God, men that should be leaders in our nation. I just come against that in the name of Jesus. Just pray in tongues with me. She is defeated, Lord God. She is defeated. Father God, I just thank you for your your presence here, Lord God. Just draw us into a deeper relationship. The women, Lord God, in this in this uh, nation of Canada, Father God, there are leaders that are stepping up now, and that they are going to lead people into this into a great move of God, Father God. You're bringing out healers, Lord God, and, and women that have experienced life in the in the trenches, Lord God, and they are going to come forth in might and power to minister to those hurting, Lord God. You are a good, good Father. I thank you, Jesus. I thank you for what you are going to do. You are a mighty, mighty God, and you have you are true to your word, Lord God, and there is a great harvest, and it is ripe for harvest. Bring forth your laborers, and Lord, let us be the fire in this nation. In Jesus' name, I thank you for it, and I thank you for what you are going to do. Thank you, Jesus. You are a good, good Father. Amen. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Raising up the Debras. Training up Debras. 
training up Joshua's and Caleb's, training up the next generation. Yesterday, yesterday, one of the words that came forth yesterday was about uh, training up the next generation. And I went and talked to the president afterwards because we, had our, we talked about that a year ago, that one of the mandates that we have is to train the next generation to become leaders. And what we're doing is pass the baton. Tag, you're it, now go. Tag, you're it, now go. Now, a lot of people want to go out and lead, but they don't know how to follow. If you don't know how to follow, you will no, you'll never be a good leader. If you do not know how to follow, you'll never be a good leader. And the first person you got to learn how to follow is the Holy Spirit. You don't know how to follow Holy Spirit, you will never follow a man or a woman. You have some men who won't follow a woman. If you marry, you already follow a woman, you just don't know it. Because she makes you think you lead. But you the head, but she's the neck who's turning the head. Now there's a difference between trying to dominate You know there is no Jezebel without a Ahab. And you do realize that a male can be a Jezebel just as much as a female. Jezebel is a, is a spirit. And talking about being led by the Holy Spirit, yesterday morning uh, after the 6 a.m. prayer, June and I was sitting at the table making notes and Joanne came out and she said, I'm going to share with you. Would you like for me to share with you something that the Father shared with me? And I was like, I'm like, well, praise God, absolutely. So she starts sharing with me and I just started smiling. Because I knew what I knew exactly what it was she was talking about. But how many people know it's one thing for somebody to spoon feed it to you, it's another thing for God to give it to you himself. It becomes more real to you. So I'm going to step aside and let her share with what it is God gave her yesterday after the 6 a.m. prayer. Well, hallelujah. Talk about saying a prayer about giving you an opportunity to stand up. I mean, when I saw Apostle Milton give me a signal, it was like, Lord, I pray for an opportunity, but I didn't know it was going to be five minutes after. <laughs> but here I am standing in front of you guys and in front of the camera. Praise the Lord. All right, so talk about Maximus. I know that you guys probably already know who Maximus is. He's fairly famous, not only on our street, but here in the ministry as well, because you hear about him all the time. <laughs> Hopefully one day you guys would get to meet him. In the morning, um, last week during this time of prayer and fasting, I was praying in the room and once the prayer was done, I was sitting there looking over my notes and what God has given me. And Maximus know that on a regular day, he is not supposed to come into my study room. The door is usually closed. This day I had left it open for some reason and he walked his little behind right into the door and you can see him trying to poke his little nose over my desk to see what's there. From his angle, you can see a pile of files and maybe a cup or shadow of things. 
on the desk, but he couldn't see clearly because he was so short. So what I did was, instead of getting upset or saying, hey, Maximus, get out that day, I decided to reach my arms out to lift him up, to show him, hey, this is what's on the desk. When I first reached my arm out, he kind of ignored me, took a couple step back, kind of like, you know what, I got this, mom, I don't need you. I can see this. So I'm like, okay, fine, if you think you can see it, then go for it. I sat there and I watched him for a little bit. Here he is trying to stand on his hind legs or push his nose in to sniff to see what's there. Then after a couple minutes, I'm like, look, little one, you're struggling, let me help you. So I reached out and this time he stood still and I was able to lift him up. And the look on his face was, whoa, I didn't know that was, there was all this stuff there. I saw, I knew that there was stuff, but I didn't know that there was this much stuff there. And at that moment, the father gave me a vision. And as Apostle Milton was saying that, it's one thing for me to just tell you what I saw, but it's another for me to bring you into the vision and have you see it for yourself. And that is what God wants me to do this morning, is to invite you into the vision and for you to see it for yourself. So before we start, I would like to pray that, you know, Father God, let us open our spiritual eyes and see the vision you were trying to show us. Draw the image that you want us to see with your words through my voice for each and every one sitting here and online so that they can see the image that's in your heart that you want to try to get to them and for them to see what you want to show them. In Jesus' name. Amen. 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 I'm going to ask for everybody to close your eyes. In order for you to see God's heart, you can't see with the eyes that's on your face. It has to be from the eyes of your heart. So close your eyes and focus on the images that God is showing you. Don't think about any other distractions. Leave that all aside. God is waiting for you to press in so that he can show you what's in his heart. I want you to imagine a really, really big couch that's right in front of you. There's a lot of gifts on this couch any gift that you can think of, no matter how big or how small. And then right in front of this couch, there's a little child. Not tall enough to see everything that's on this couch. Struggling, tippy-toeing, doing all that it knows how to do to try to reach for that gift to reach to see, is there more? How big is this couch? How many gifts do I have on this couch but could not reach? Then there was hands and arms reaching up from the side, trying to help the child up to see. But the child pushed the arms away because the child was so focused on getting to the gifts that was on this couch, wanting to know what was there for him or her. The child struggled a little more, 
but still can only see the side of the couch and can only see what was hanging out from the side. After a couple more minutes, the child got tired, standing there, frustrated, not knowing what to do. And then all of a sudden, noticed that there was a little dot of blue light on the side. Do you guys see the little blue light that's on the side? If you do, focus on it. That little child turned, wondering in curiosity, was that blue light there? Did I miss that speck of blue light that was shining on the side? And as that child turned his head and focused on that blue light, the blue light became bigger and stronger, and it got closer. The more that child focused on that little blue light, that little blue light got bigger, brighter, and closer. Next thing, the child realized that, hey, the hands and the arms that was trying to reach out to help me came from that light. If you see that light, and if you see the arms that's coming out from the light, reach out. Reach out so that the hands and the arms can touch you and lift you up. If you can't see it right now, focus on the blue light until you can see the blue light getting bigger and it's close right next to you. And as, as an act of faith, if you were that child, as if you were that child, reach your arms out to wherever that light is, where the arms are reaching out, wanting to lift you up so that you can see everything that's on the couch. arms reached out and lift the child up and place the child on the couch. The child is now on the couch, very excited and happy. Can see all the gifts, no matter how big and how small, that was on the chair. Then all of a sudden, a very still, small voice said, my child, have been so focused on the gifts that I've given you, you forgot who I am. Think about it. The still small voice said, my child, you have been so focused on all the gifts I have given you, you have forgotten who I am. Take a moment to think about that and when you are ready, open your eyes. And at this time, I would ask you, if you will, turn to 1 John Chapter 4, verse 8. 
Again, it's 1 John chapter 4, verse 8, and I'm going to be reading out of the Passion Translation. The one who doesn't love has yet to know God, for God is love. Our Father is love. What sets us apart is not the power or the ability, but it is the love that we have for one another. Because that is who our Father is. And a lot of people are wondering, I hear about a, a revival. I hear people talking about it. Why is it that I don't see it? It has been happening, but in order for you to see this revival, it's not like any revival that has happened before. This revival is from within. Before you can see the external manifestation of this revival, you have to first allow God to show you those images from within, because it is the revival of genuine love first. Without love, no matter how much we do, we don't know God. And the one thing that set us apart as Christians is the genuine love that's in us for one another. And just like Apostle Milton was saying earlier, who were sent to help the Gentiles? The Gentiles. And I can say that each and every one of us has been hurt by people before. And if anything, We've been hurt by people who the world would call church people. A lot of church people are hurting. And people in church are still people. We get offended because we have lost the genuine love for each other in the church. And that is what the Father wants to revive is the internal, inner, genuine love that we have for each other before we can ever see the manifestation of it in the world. So as I was led to share this vision with you, I didn't want to just tell you about it because we are all created different. We have a different group of people that we can reach. Me telling you the vision I saw may not have meant anything to you, but the Father wanted me to stand here and use me to draw that picture and show you that vision himself is because he wants you to know that he is doing a revival in your heart today. The vision will only become real when you are part of it, and you can see the Father drawing that picture in your heart for you. All the gifts that's on the couch, it's yours. There is no rush in trying to get to it and leaving the Father behind, because those gifts will fade away. And for the sake of time, I'm not going to read through the whole chapter, but for, I believe, 1 Corinthians chapter 13. 
That is where the Father is speaking to you and sharing with you what love is. 1 Corinthians chapter 13. That is who he is. That is what genuine love is. And in order for us to be able to reach our hands out to help our next generation and pass the baton on, it's not teaching them about the power because that will come when they understand what genuine love for each other is. That is how brothers and sister can help each other get through all, all the things that's happening in this world. So Father God, I pray that each and every individual had seen the picture and the vision you have used me to draw and that they understand the message behind it and that today is a brand new day and that they will not forget that you are love. And in order for us to be the ambassadors you have called us to be, we are to reproduce that genuine love to the people in our lives, to our friends, to our neighbors, to our coworkers, and even those who have hurt us before. And that we will look through the lens of genuine love starting from today, regardless of what has been said or done. We choose to forgive them. We choose to pray for them. Because we choose to be your children. And we choose to be your child, Father God. In the name of Jesus, amen. 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 Well, glory to God. I, I didn't even know that she had all that in there. Glory to God. The thing about it is this. What she, what she said is 100% true. The father said a few years ago that this ministry will be known by its love for people. See, love does not mean you always agree. But love does mean, even when I don't agree with you, I can still love you. I may not like anything that you did, but it doesn't make me love you any less. You want to know why? Because God says, even before you ever gave me the time of day, I still sent Jesus for you. And if I can do it for you, man, you was acting a fool because you thought you was cool how much more should you be willing to do it for somebody else? How many of you all every day get it right? Every day. You never say anything wrong. You never think anything wrong. Never. But God still loves you anyway. Do you know that he lets the sun shine on, on, on the righteous as well as the unrighteous? He gives them air to breathe, food. Why? Because he says it's his goodness that leads men into repentance. I didn't come to God because I was afraid of going to hell. I came to God because I was tired of the life I was living, and I knew there had to be a better way than this. But somebody loved me. My parents loved me enough to take me to church, even though I didn't think I was getting anything out of it. But they loved me enough to take me 
so that word can make deposits on the inside of me, even though I didn't know how to apply any of it to my life. And then one day, Jesus met me on when I was 13 years old, and I answered the call to salvation. But even though I had answered the call, I had a knowledge of God. I didn't know God. And a lot of people around this, particularly around in this area, here in uh, Ottawa, a lot of people have heard of God, know of God, but they don't know him. Because if they knew him as love, real genuine love, they'd do anything they could to please him. They'd serve him. If you really believe how much God truly loved you, you never worry about another thing another day in your life. If you truly believe God loves you, you would be concerned about what your, where your meal's gonna come from, where you're gonna, have, where you're gonna live. You, you wouldn't be concerned about that. If you truly believe God loves you, you wouldn't be worrying about your children because you believe God is, because I know you love me, you love them more than I do. So I'm, I'm just asking you to dispatch laborers across their path. And I just, I trust you because you just, if you truly believe how much God loves you. But you cannot give to someone else what you don't have yourself. That's why we're saying having information about it is not the same as having revelation about it. Revelation means it's become real to you. And if you're going to affect the people around you, you're going to have to get a revelation of that love. So I pray in the name of Jesus, that every single person here has an encounter with God to the level you get a revelation of that, how much he truly loves you. I'm not talking about from a church standpoint. I'm talking about a genuine God loves me. I don't care. I told you, and I know you love me, but if you told me today, if you never told me another day that you love me, I know God loves me, and that's enough for me. The word says, when mother and fathers forsake you, the Lord never will. People will turn their back on you. People will treat you funny. People will trip on you. Guess what? God never will. So thank you very much, Rita and Juen, for uh, ministering to us today. Thank you, glory to God. The whole thing about it is this. It's not enough just to tell people if you never give them an opportunity to use their gift. But if you're going to use your gift to stand behind this, we got to know you. it's this way first and then this way. This way, this way. That's how we live life. This way, out. Get it that we go up, he comes down, we go out. We go up, he comes down, we go out. Got to know you know that, that you're allowing the Holy Spirit to use you. So be ready. I mean, you could be called on at any time. <laughs> Tell him you got the word. Boom, come, come give it. All right, Jerry, it looked like you got, you flown the Holy Spirit. Okay, come give it. It's not that deep. But you have to be ready. You can't be getting ready. You got to be ready. Turn to your neighbor and say, neighbor, you got to be ready. You got to be ready. You got to be ready. If you have never been ready before, I'm not talking about what you think is ready. I'm talking about what the Father says being ready. This whole 31 days of prayer and fasting is about getting people ready 
for what's coming. And trust me, it's coming. It's kind of like, ready or not, anybody ever play hide and go seek? Ready or not, when you got the zero, ready or not, here I come. And that's what God is saying. Ready or not, here I come. And it's going to be like the, 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 the ten virgins in Matthew 25. You had five wise and five foolish, but they was all virgins. They all had oil. They all had an opportunity to receive the exact same thing. The difference between the five who were wise and the five who were foolish is the five who were wise prepared for the groom to come. The other five was just waiting. Any now, any moment now. Any moment now, Lord. Go ahead and put it on me, Lord. As soon as you put it on me, Lord, I'm going to do it. He like, I've already put it on you. No, go do it. No, Lord. You gotta put it on me, Lord, and then I'm gonna go do it. He's like, I've already done it. What are you waiting on? I'm telling you, I can't I can't express it enough how much you gotta be ready today. Now, I'm gonna give you that demonstration again and drill the cross. We go up in prayer answers us, then we go out. Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Don't lean, rely on, depend on, trust in your own understanding. In all your ways, no matter how big or how small, ask the Father. Father, what do you think I should wear today? Father, I was thinking about eating this today. What do you think? Father, I was thinking about driving this way. What do you say? Father, I was thinking about saying it. Oh, don't say that to her because it's going to set it off up in here. Okay, don't say that. Okay, praise the Lord. Father, Father, Father. So what are you doing? Communing with him. Communing with him. Communing with him. Holy Spirit, what do you think about this? Holy Spirit, I'm thinking about taking this class. Holy Spirit, I'm about to go see this patient. And I know I've seen this before, but how do I buy this? Holy Spirit, I have this chart here, and it seems like everything. But you know what? What do you say about it? What are you doing? Invite them in. Invite them in. Invite. What does that help you to do? Get, begin to get used to hearing his voice. You got everybody else's voice down. But you can't, even, you, when Holy Spirit be talking to you, you can't hear him talking to you because you got everybody else in your ear. Do, do you know, do you know, when June was talking to me about what it is that God gave her, because we talk, we have these, these kind of conversations quite often. I don't say anything. I listen. Because, and sometimes I'll be thinking like, hmm, I think I've heard that somewhere before. But I listen to hear how God showed it to her. But she's only going to get that if she's spending time with God. Not spending time with God and Tom, Dick, Mojer, Mary, Beth, and all them. You got to spend time with God. Cut your TV off. Cut your YouTube off. Cut your podcast off. Cut all that stuff off and just spend time with the Father. All right. I got a couple minutes, and I'm going to give you. I'm going to give you an intro. You know, uh, yes, sir. Yes, sir. I, I can give you the, very, the intro. We're about to start a series of teachings, and if I and the title of that series is "Setting Up for a Showdown." 
setting up for a showdown. And if I was to give the title for today, the title is Making a Decision. See, this is the thing. God can give a revelation to someone or give a word to speak to you. And you can do either do one or two things. You can receive it or you can, eh, I don't believe that. Does it change the fact that the word was given? Absolutely not. It just means that you won't benefit from it because you didn't, you didn't honor it enough to receive it. Okay, so the spirit of the Lord God is upon me because the Lord has anointed me. To preach good tidings unto the meek, he sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captain and the open of the prison to them that are bound. To proclaim an acceptable year of the Lord, a day of vengeance of our God, <clears throat> and to comfort all who mourn. Glory to God. And to give unto them in mourning, I to give unto him beauty for ashes, the oil of joy for mourning, the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness, that he might be called, that we might be called the trees of righteousness, the planting of the Lord, that the Father may be glorified. Yes. And they shall build the old ways, and they shall raise up the former desolations. And they shall repair the waste cities, the desolation of many generations. Father, you're already here. Continue to move up in every hour, touching it. Continue to touch each and every person. I thank you that you've given us eyes to see and ears to hear and hearts open and ready to receive the engrafted word of God that will ultimately change our lives forever. To you, Lord, we give glory, honor, and praise in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Now, God says... You are my ambassadors. You are my representatives in the earth. Now, if you are Christ's ambassador, what did it say? Who, what did it say God was? God is love. God doesn't have love, just have love. God is love. Say it with me. God is love. And if God is love, then as an ambassador of Christ, who's representing the kingdom of God, what should I be representing? Love. But not just any old kind of love, because you know, we talked about this a few weeks ago, there's four types of love. You got store J, this love between a, a parent and their child. You have phileo love, which is love between a brotherly kind of love. You have eros love, which is an erotic love, sexual love, and then you have agape. And God is the agape kind of love, which means it's unconditional. In other words, you did not do anything to get it, you didn't do anything to deserve it, and you can't do anything to lose it. What you say? Say that again? All right, child, I'm gonna say it just for you, brother. You, God's love is unconditional. You did not do anything to get it. You didn't do anything to earn it. You don't, you know, and there's nothing you can do in order for you to lose it. God loves you no matter what. No matter what. There's nothing you can do. Your parents might get upset with you to the point, I don't even see, you know what? I can't even talk to you right now. Just get out of my face. I don't, I, I, if you're in my face one more time, I'm telling you I'm about to catch a case. But God never does that. 
ever. He loves you. It doesn't mean he agrees with everything you do. Somebody says, there's got to be something that will separate you from the love of God. Well, according to his word in Romans chapter 8, what can separate you from the love of God? Absolutely nothing. All right, I know. You want me to turn over there? All right. Turn over with me to Romans chapter 8. Romans chapter 8. Glory to God. All right, we're going a different direction. Okay, here we go. Romans chapter 8, verse 31. What can separate you from the love of God? Nothing. You can go to hell. He'll still love you. You just need an air conditioning. I'm reading out of the Passion Translation, reads as follows. So what does all this mean if God has determined to stand with us? Tell me who then could ever stand against us? So if God has made a decision to stand for you, who can stand against you? Nobody. For God has proved his love by giving us his greatest treasure. What was his greatest treasure? Could anybody guess? His son, Jesus. So God gave you and I his greatest treasure as a demonstration of his love for us and towards us. So what can you do? If he's willing to do that for us, what do you think? What else do you think he's going to withhold from you when he gave us his very best? He gave you his very best. And you didn't even want anything to do with it. We didn't want anything to do with it. None of us did. God, not right now, Lord. Don't you see I'm, I'm working on something here. Look, what's your name again? What's your phone number? Not right now, Jesus. I'm, I got something going. No. Even in the midst of it, he still loved us. He proved his love by giving us his greatest treasure, the gift of his son, Jesus. And since God freely offered him up as the sacrifice for us all he certainly won't withhold from us anything else he has to give did you hear that if God gave you Jesus then there's nothing else he will withhold from you nothing will he withhold from you why he's already given you his best who then would dare to accuse those whom God has chosen and loved to be his God himself is the judge who has issued his final verdict over them. So who was the one who made his final verdict over you as a result of you receiving Jesus, your personal Lord and Savior? God did. And what was that verdict? Not guilty. So even when the adversary comes and he's accusing you before God day and night, what, is, what does the judge say? Not guilty. Now, verse 34. Who then is left to condemn us? Certainly not Jesus. So if you, if you got guilt and condemnation that's trying to come up against you, it does not come from God. God doesn't, you, doesn't condemn. Why? Because Jesus has already paid for it all. God does not condemn because Jesus has already paid for it all. So if God is not condemning, 
why are we Don't just keep looking for it. Well, nobody knows. Certainly not Jesus, the anointed one, for he gave his life for us. Even more than that, he has conquered death and is now risen. See, he, 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 see, at one point in time, Satan had the keys over death. And people for all their lifetime was afraid of death because he had the keys over death. But when Jesus went to the grave, he snatched back the keys of death, hell, and the grave and is ascended on the right hand of the Father. The adversary no longer has power over that anymore. So where is Jesus sitting at? the right hand of the Father. If you're in Christ, where, what's, the, what's the mystery? Christ, not Jesus, Christ, the hope of glory that's on the inside of you. The man, Jesus, is sitting at the right hand of the Father. But Christ, the hope of glory, is on the inside of you. Colossians chapter 1. Now I'm still reading out of Romans chapter 8 how that Jesus gave his life for us and even more than that, he has conquered death and is risen, exalted and enthroned by God at his right hand. So how could he possibly condemn us since he is continuously praying for our triumph? Now, I'm gonna shut something up for you. If you was to look in heaven, remember it says that you have Jesus is continually praying for you at the right hand of the Father. Guess who else is praying for you is helping you to pray for things you don't know how to pray for? The Holy Spirit. So you got Jesus, you got the Holy Spirit, and both of them, are, one of them is praying for you. The other one is helping you to pray for things you don't know to pray for. So for you, he says it's a win-win. If you will allow yourself to be used by him and allow, allow him to pray through you. See, the Holy Spirit will, when you're praying in, other, in, in an unknown tongue or in praying in tongues, it is you and Holy Spirit working together, praying God's most perfect will over whatever situation. You don't know everything that's going on with your children. You don't know everything that's going on with your job. You don't know everything that's going on in the country. You don't know everything that's going on with your, with the, with your prime minister or mayors or police. You don't know everything. You know what you think. What you can reason, what you can ration, what somebody else has told you. But how many people know God knows the ins, the outs, the, the, the 5,000 foot view, the 10 second view? He knows it all. He even knows the very motives and intentions of why they're praying. Can I tell you a secret though? He also knows the motives and intentions of why you're praying the way you're praying too. And how many people know you can still be selfish when you pray? except when you're praying in the Holy Spirit. So when the Holy Spirit is, is using you to pray, he's only going to pray God's perfect will. So when you're praying in the Holy Spirit, no matter what it is that you want to do, he's only going to pray God's most perfect will. I know. I know. Okay, he said, y'all looking at me like a calf at a new gate? He says, so you got to show it to him. Romans chapter 8, Verse 26 says this, 
And in a similar way, the Holy Spirit takes hold on us in our human frailties to empower us in our weakness. For example, at times, we don't even know how to pray or how the best things to ask for, but the Holy Spirit rises up within us to super intercede on our behalf, pleading to God with emotional sighs too deep for words. God, the searcher of the heart, knows fully our longings, yet he, is also, he also understands the desires of the Spirit because the Holy Spirit passionately pleads before God for us, his holy ones, in perfect harmony with God's plans and our destiny. In other words, when you're praying in the Holy Spirit, you are praying God's most perfect will concerning that situation. Do you know when you're praying in the Holy Spirit, you're praying about things that are in the future. You may be praying about things across the nation. Why? Because you're allowing God to use you as a vessel, as an instrument of righteousness, as a vessel of honor to be able to get his plans accomplished in the earth. God cannot and will not do it without you. He can't do it without you. I said he can't do it without you. And this is the thing about it. When you know you're praying according to God's most perfect will, you know this. And according to verse 28, so we are convinced that every detail of our life is continuously woven together for good. For we are his lovers who have been called to fulfill his design purpose. Other words, that's when you hear people say, all, all, things work, uh, all things work together for good for those who love the Lord, for those who call it according to his purpose. But they forget this part. The reason why all things work together for good or for the benefit of those who love the Lord and call it according to his purpose is because they have been, they've been praying in the spirit with the Holy Spirit praying God's most perfect will over the situation. So that all things will work together for good. Why? Because you now you're praying back to saying back to God what God's perfect will is concerning that situation. If you do not pray according to God's most perfect will, then what will happen is you will get a result or you may not get a result at all. Well, you'll get some results, but not the results you're looking for because you have the right key. You're just at the wrong door. Okay, I, I thank you. Remember when his disciples were on the ship with Jesus and the ship was tossed, but Jesus was back there asleep? And the disciples were convinced that the reason why that the boat was tossing back and forth like that was because of the waves. They was convinced. I, because in the natural, that's what I see. Though if you Jesus, if we can just get these waves to stop, then the boat is gonna stop turning, tossing back and forth. But when Jesus got up and spoke, what did he speak to? Did he speak to the waves? What did he speak to? Wind. The wind. When he spoke to the wind, when the wind got still, the waves stopped. So if he's if the disciples start praying towards the wave, the waves, the waves, the waves, the waves, but it's the wind, are they going to get a result? He says this, then why are you praying for this and this and this 
and what you're praying for when you're praying with your understanding based off of what it is that you think you know is not the root. That's the fruit. You haven't even touched the root yet. You want to touch the root? Pray in the spirit. But you got to be praying in love. You can't be praying against, kill them, Lord. Take them out, Lord. Cut their heads off, Jesus. Is there any love in that? Do you know the same person who is the most fire? Jesus died for them too. And the same blood that saved you, the same blood that saved them. Now, they may not partake of it, but it's available. You know what we say? When somebody talks against us, despitefully uses us, Lord, have mercy on them. Do you know what comes with mercy? Judgment. Have mercy. Lord, send us dispatch labors across our path that they may receive. Father, bless them. Father, heal them. Father, deliver them. Now kill them, Jesus, by sundown. Let them walk across the street, Lord, and let five trucks run over. I mean, that, that's not God. You might say that about binding up the, the adversary or the, the spirit that's behind them that's motivating them to do what they do but not the person because that's not what God did. Because if that were true, that's good. He says, because if that was the case, what if I would have done that with you? What if I would have listened to somebody else's prayers about killing you, taking you out, destroying your life before you had an opportunity to accept me? Then what? So if I don't do that with others, that's not love. That's not the God kind of love. It doesn't say God condones what they do, but he's not sending them all to hell. I told y'all about my story when I used to send people to hell on, on the week, weekly, when at work. You're going to hell, sin. You're going to hell. He said, I need you to stop that. And then I would just give him the word. The word of God says, you heathens, the word of God. He's like, I need you to stop that too. Why? Because I'm condemning them. And he doesn't. How you know? John 3, 17 says, Jesus, God did not send his son, Jesus, into the world to condemn it. He sent his son into the world to save it. The very world that was turning his back. So how could he, if God, if Jesus is sitting at God's right hand, how can he possibly condemn us since he continuously praying for our triumph, our victory? Verse 35, who could ever divorce us from the endless love of God's anointed one? Think about that. In other words, what can separate you from the love of God? Absolutely no one. For nothing in the universe has the power to diminish his love towards us. Okay. Nothing in the universe or this world has the power or dominion or authority to diminish his love towards us. 
troubles or pressures and problems are unable to come between us and heaven's love. Does it mean that just because you got troubles and stuff going on, that, that means God's going to love you less? Do you think, how many people think God loves believers more than he loves unbelievers? He does not. He loves us all the same. The only difference is, is one has, is operating according to his will and the other one is not. But the love is the same. Because God is not a respected person. I know, right? Wow. He says, what about persecution? Or deprivation, dangers, and death threats. No, they are all impotent to hinder omnipotent love. In other words, there is no amount of danger or death or death threats or persecutions. None of that is able to hinder God's unconditional, unending love for you and me. Why? He says, all, he says, for it's written, all day long, we face death threats for your sake. God, we are considered to be nothing more than sheep to be slaughtered. Yet, even in the midst of all these things, in the midst of all the tests and all the trials and all the persecution and all the death threats and everything that's going on around you, he says, yet in the midst of all these things, we triumph over them all, for God has made us to be demonstrated his love. And his demonstrated love is our glorious victory over everything. So because we know that nothing can separate us from the love of God, because we know that nothing can hinder God's love for us, because we know that nothing can separate us from him, from him or from his love, he says that he's made us more than a conqueror. Now, in order for you to be a conqueror, that must be something that you have to conquer. So when people are trying to persecute you, talk against you, make all kind of fun, fun at you, guess what? Man, I'm more than a conqueror. He's already caused me to triumph. I know God loves me. Nothing can separate me from the love of God. And man, I'm telling you, because I love you, I'm going to pray God's most perfect will concerning you and over your situation and circumstance. Father, in the name of Jesus, Jerry, get on the ticket. And you just, I just go to town on you. In fact, I had somebody, Julie, you're going to laugh at this. I had somebody call me the other day and said, can you please ask God to leave me alone? <laughs> you know what I said to him? Are you, let me make sure I understand. You want me to ask God to leave you in the midst of your mess and you saying you want God to leave you alone? I wish I could say I was going to do that, but I'd be lying to you. You know what that means? Prayer was working. You know how many times I condemned them? Zero. I just start praying for more. Oh, God, you, oh, oh, you are, yeah, they woke up. We just locked in on them. Why? Because God's love is unconditional. His love is unconditional. His love for you is unconditional. That's your message. God's love for you is unconditional. God's love for you is unconditional. 
God's love for you is unconditional. Hey, your, your Christian friends who are broken right now, God's love for you is unconditional. You're more than a conqueror. Get up, you mighty man or woman of God. Get up. You, God has already called you to triumph. Get up. Do you guys see that? You're a victor. You're not a victim. You're a victor. You got to change how you see yourself. God loves me. Wake up in the morning. God loves me. Your wife mad at you. She ain't going to cook your breakfast. She don't burn your toast five times this week. God loves me. I don't care about the fact I'm going to love you anyway. I'm, hey, I'm just going to scrape that. You know what? You might be on this. That might be a nice little recipe. I'm going to scrape some of that black off and put me some strawberry jam. I'm good to go because I'm going to love you regardless because God loves me. God loves me. June will tell you, early on when we first was, was, was married and that we was having a moment of development of unity together, if something was going on, Sam, this is what I would do. I mean, I'm so, I'm so hot, if I had hair, it'd burn my afro off. I'd be hot. But this is what I, this is a true story, it's what I do. It, it, he's talking. Father, I know you love me. Father, I know you love me. Father, I know you love me. I know you love me. It doesn't matter what she's saying, Lord. I know you love me. And when I would put my hands up and she started hearing me say, because at first she was looking at me like, what the world? And Father, I know you love me. It shifted my heart. It shifted the atmosphere. And you know what she would do? She would just stop talking. And like, he ain't paying me no attention no way, so I might as well stop talking to him. And then it was another woman of God who, shared, she's somebody uh, in Toronto, shared with her about why I do that. So he'll know how to respond to you in love and not in haste and not harsh words. When you focus on the fact that God, I know you love. That I need to demonstrate love back, because I know she loves me. But I, I know she loves me, so we gotta, that's the shift. God loves you. That's the message today. God loves you. We'll get to making decisions next week, but God told me to tell you. And so, what He's told us through this whole stream from the time of praise and worship. To the time uh, Rita got up, to the time that you and share with you, that God loves you. And I need you to take that love that I put on the inside of you, that shed abroad in your heart by the Holy Spirit, and be my love dispensers into the earth. That's how he's going to make his mark. Because the rest of the world got the hate thing down. People looking for love. Last thing, more finished at the end. Of it. I had a relative that a week ago, two weeks ago, you know, a week ago, got off. And I was calling them and messaging them, right? 
This is what they say in Rita. When I finally made contact with him, I was too embarrassed about what I did, so I, I couldn't answer the call. This is what I said to him. There's nothing you can do that can make me love any less. So you can always call. And guess what? When the person called, I didn't jump on them. Because they was already feeling bad. I didn't jump on them. I just started loving them. Loving on how you doing, how's things going, blah, 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 blah. And I waited a while. But they knew the conversation was going to come. But I was waiting a while. And even when we started having a conversation, this is what I said to him. Hey, so so what's your plan? What's your plan on how to, how to address this issue? How can I help you? And they're going to listen to this message. In fact, we talked at 1 o'clock this morning. Hey, when you, after you do the message, send it to me. I want to listen to it. Nothing they can do to make me stop loving them. I don't have to agree. But you can't make me stop loving you. Because you can't make God stop loving you. And that's the message that the world needs to hear. Okay, He don't agree with everything you do. But you can't make him stop loving you. I remember one time, I said, you and I said, I love you. And she's like, she said something back to me, something snappy back to me. I'm like, I don't care whether you say I love you back to me or not. I'm, you can't make me stop loving you. You want to tell you why you can't make me stop loving you? Because you didn't do anything that caused me to love you in the first place. Now, how about that? Walked off. I felt pretty good about myself. Sam, I felt clear. I was, yeah, I got her toe. He like, you know you got to go back and fix I'm like, yeah, I know, but not, not this very second, Lord. Yeah, we have our moments, just like everybody else. But we have very few of those moments. Now, and the reason is, is because we made the decision out love. It wasn't always like that. We knew it. We always knew it. It wasn't always like that. So, every head bowed, every eye closed. <clears throat> Father, you've already shown your love for us in the fact that you sent Jesus to die just for us. I thank you for giving us the message, Father God, for those individuals who you, we will encounter today in this week, in our communities, in our neighborhoods, in our grocery store. Man, God loves you. In fact, he loved you so much, he sent Jesus down across for you. He wasn't paying him no attention at all. He just wants to give you an opportunity to receive that love. Because everybody wants to be loved. Everybody wants to be loved. And so I'm going to make the give you the opportunity to receive that love this morning. I'm going to give you an opportunity to enter into a right relationship with God. I'm going to give you an opportunity to come so you can be sitting at the, at the wedding table with the feast because that's where he wants you to be. So in accordance to Romans chapter 10, verses 8, 9, and 10, it says, the word of God is near you, even in your heart and in your mouth, that is the word of faith which we preach. That if you will confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God is raised from the dead, you shall be saved. 
For with the heart man believes that the righteous with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. So repeat this prayer after me. Say it from your heart. Mean it from your heart. Say it out of your mouth. And you will receive healing, deliverance, wholeness, completeness, and salvation today. Dear Heavenly Father, in the name of Jesus, I do believe Jesus Christ is the Son of God. I believe he died for me on the cross and carried my sins for me. Lord Jesus, come into my heart. Save me now. I turn from sin and I accept your awful forgiveness. Fill me with your Holy Spirit right now. I receive salvation. I receive healing. I receive wholeness now. In Jesus' name, amen. Praise God if you prayed that prayer for the very first time or if you prayed that prayer every dedicated your life back to the Lord. We want to thank you, thank you, thank you. Now that you're back in the kingdom, back in right relationship, back in right position, what's my next step? Man, you got to get in a word-based church that's going to teach you about the death, burial, resurrection of Jesus, and also about the Holy Spirit. Here at Ignite, man, Jesus is the pastor of this church. He is the chief shepherd. I'm the under-shepherd. Guess what? Jesus will always be welcome in this house. The moment Jesus is not welcome in this house is the moment I'm getting out of this house. Jesus will always be welcome here. The Holy Spirit is always going to be welcome here. The Word of God will always be preached here. The manifestations of the gifts of the Holy Spirit will always be in operation here. Why? Because Jesus is Lord. Means He is supreme in authority and He has the final say. So, if, if you need a church home, man, hey, guess what? On July the 16th, here in the nation of Canada or in Ontario, Churches will be open back, uh, be open, well, they were never closed. But the, the capacity limits are going to be lifted. And so if churches are be able to be meeting in, uh, indoors as long as they maintain distance and uh, mass restrictions. But hey, at Ignite, God blessed us, we have never closed. And because of that, we are going to preach the gospel in season and out of season. Whether we preach in the building, in the park a lot, in the in the park, in my in my driveway, we are going to preach the gospel everywhere we go, and we are going to preach it unashamedly. So we're going to preach the gospel of the kingdom of God always. So hey, if you need a church home, man, we invite you to come join us next Sunday at nine thirty. Come at nine twenty because we have pre-service prayer, and at nine thirty the service will begin. And also, uh, if you're online and you want to see, find out, you know what's going on at night, go to our website at ignitetolife.com. That's ignitetolife.com. You can go back and look at old messages that are on there. I mean, it goes all the way back to you know last year sometimes. So, and if you want to subscribe to the podcast, look for Ignite to Life. Uh, on Apple and Spotify in Jesus' name. So on behalf of uh, Sister Joanne and myself and the entire Ignite Brigade, we want to thank you for joining us. God bless you. We'll see you next week. Bye-bye.